You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast here on the Riotcast Network. Ridecast.com. We have a very, very special episode today because my partner crime, Mark, is not here, but in his place. I have the editor in chief of our sister site, Metal Insider, Bram Teitelman. Hello. That's it? That's all I got from you? All right, hold on. Let me try again. <laughs> all right. Hello, Laugh Button listeners. How's everyone doing today? Oh, that's terrible. I know. I'm all sorry, right. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's terrible, too. And also with us, too, we have, uh, we have intern Will from the Laugh Button. We decided to have Will come sit on us because. I guess we needed two guys to 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 maximize the lack of markness. Greetings. <laughs> I am Will, the intern, and I hope I fulfill. Uh, All right, Will. Too much. That's enough. Already, already too much. Will. Already okay. too much. Will. Yeah. Already too much. But uh, thank you. Thank you. Where's Mark? It. Switzerland. Mark. Um. I, Mark's dead. I'm sorry. Yeah. In Switzerland, all right. He's he's dead. He just died. That's a shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So you might be uh, the full-time uh, recurring host. Uh, cue the Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> I will remember you, Bram. I will remember you. So yeah, so we're uh, we're here in the Laugh Button Towers, and I have Bram with me, and I have uh, Will with me. So we're going to talk about uh, all things going on in the comedy world today. So uh, some of the biggest news of the day uh, going on, pretty much probably the biggest thing happening is uh, the, the, the bomb dropped that Ricky Gervais is going to return as the host of the Golden Globes for 2016. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, or not, but Ricky Gervais hosted for three years, I think 2009, 2010, and 2011, and pretty much pissed off all of Hollywood. Outraged. Uh, outraged. Like People Robert Downey. Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> they were shocked that a comedian made comic jokes. <laughs> That's what they were shocked about. <laughs> I'm just surprised in this day and age people like are still surprised by that. Like it's Ricky yeah. Gervais. Come on, he's going to be making insults. That's what he does. Yeah, I mean, and that's what he's good at. I think also we live in a time where people don't want to be seen as like uh, they want to live their lives out in public, but they don't want to be shamed for it. I think it's another thing too. So I think it might be also the fact that he's a UK guy. It's like yeah. fine if an American makes fun of Americans, but a Brit comes over and does that. The nerve. <laughs> the nerve of those British people. I think the other thing about Gervais that uh, well, I think the surprising thing about it was at the time, the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association said, you know, basically like, you'll never work in this town again, Gervais. Like shakes, shakes fist at air at the uh, air. And then I just lost my headphones. Good for me. <laughs> and then uh, so I think what's uh, I think what's funny about it is the ratings were like through the roof when Gervais was the host. So this is straight up a ratings play to get him back. This just shows you like how much money fuels everything in Hollywood. Of course. Like, I mean, come oh, 100%, 100%. It's all it also money. talks about yeah. how much, uh, says something about how much uh, power the for Hollywood Foreign Press Association really has. Well, that guy has since yeah. not become the president. He like he got nixed into. But I also think like they had Amy Poehler and Tina Fey host co-host the last couple of years too. So like, and I love Tina Fey and, and Amy Poehler. I would actually go to say that I have crushes on both of them. So I, I'm Bram's giving this look like what the fuck. <laughs> so like, so I think it's a good thing. I think it's. Well, great. I feel the same way about Ricky Gervais. Oh, okay. I've great. been watching. <laughs> <laughs> Making intern will spit out this <laughs> coffee. Got a little bit of coffee on the mic here. <laughs> That's great. So uh, I think it's a good thing ultimately. And at the end of the day, if you're pulling in the ratings, who gives a shit? Is it sexist that uh, a man is back hosting the Golden Globes? Why would it be sexist? I don't know. I just figured Jezebel might say that, so I'd beat him in the punch. 
<laughs> it's all about figuring out what Jezebel's doing. Is that, what you're saying? is that the whole point of this? I mean, this whole thing is just fueled by celebrities who don't like to be made fun of, I, which I think is yeah. kind of ridiculous. Because if you put yourself in the public spotlight, you you need to be, you know, comfortable with that. Well, let's be honest. Any award show is just people within that field telling other people within that field it's awesome it's like a it's like good a, job guys congratulations yeah, exactly. yes it's like mutual yeah, jerk yeah. all circle so yeah. i think the reality of the situation is it's like who cares it's just an award show no one really gives a shit that's what i say I, now i personally don't really care about the awards so much as i care about like oh, yeah. the actual people hosting the awards like, that's the fan. only thing that matters to me as a comedy fan yeah i agree with that too I'm never like, wow, I can't believe that person won a Golden Globe. That other person deserved it so much more. No one gives a shit. Literally no (laughs) No. one gives a shit. (laughs) Okay, so second topic. I'm pretty psyched about this one. Patrice O'Neill, a personal favorite of mine, personal favorite of many comedians. He is actually going to return. And what I mean by making a return, he's actually going to have a new posthumous album out. Wow. Yeah. Um, I I was actually reading up. He never released a stand-up album, a straight stand-up album, when he was alive. No. He's kind of like Tupac and Jimi Hendrix. Like, there's more (laughs) posthumous albums coming out. This is true. I mean, like, Mr. P was his only special, which was on Comedy Central. Uh, And that actually wasn't an album. Yeah, his first posthumous album, which he was... I'm sorry, not Mr. P. Elephant in the Room was Comedy Central. And then Mr. P was coming out on BC Media. And then, uh, you know, we lost him. We lost L.O. Patriso. But, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about this. But I also... I don't know. When I hear about people not having or people releasing posthumous albums, I'm always concerned about the t- quality of the content. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's like, like, oh, this was something that someone recorded in a room and no one ever really, it never really did anything or it wasn't released originally because it was terrible. So I'm always worried. Definitely. About I mean, that that's that's kind of what happened with uh, Mitch Hedberg's yeah. posthumous album. Yeah, I feel the I same mean, way with that. Yeah, totally. Um, not to say that was like a terrible album or anything, but I mean, it's obviously not like top Mitch Hedberg no. um, and so yeah I, I think hand, I mean I think the Bill Hicks records that came out posthumously were great so yeah maybe it's just uh, I don't know how much of it's going to be material that were on was on the other albums or or what but you know if you really like Patrice you're going to want to hear this anyway yeah. especially knowing that it's uh, proceeds are going to the family yeah I think the last album with the proceeds went to the family too and mainly because uh, you know he had just died like that album came out I want to he passed away. I want to say end of mid end of November. Now I'm killing like December. So that album was prepped to be released before his passing. So, yeah, it was definitely an interesting one. But like, I'm going to support it. Love Patrice. Uh, I really do miss Patrice, especially in this day and age of like the Kardashians. Like, it'd be really cool to see like what he had to say about like these assholes. Nothing good. <laughs> no, but, but that would be great. <laughs> Plenty but I'm, funny. But Nothing I'm sure good. whatever he said would be like some brilliant observation that no one has tackled yet. With him. were the Kardashians not as they were obviously around when they he was, were, but, but I like, guess I mean, not as like prominent. Yeah, I feel like the Kardashians have exploded since uh, the death of Patrice. But any anything like that, like I think about the same thing with Bill. Hicks. Like, what would Bill Hicks say about the current political climate? What would like? He would have a field day with this shit. Oh yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, all right, um, all agreed. Speaking of other dead comedians, <laughs> you like that segue, guys? Yeah, I'm good. Mark, we don't need you anymore. I'm taking the. <laughs> Mark's dead. Mark's dead too. So, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. really a theme. This is the uh, first theme. This is getting morbid podcast. It is Halloween, so it, yeah, it is getting a little ho- a little morbid. It is Halloween. We're all correct about all these things. Um, Andy Kaufman and Red Fox are hitting the road. And you ask how they're doing this? They're doing it fucking Tupac Coachella style as holograms. What the hell do we think of this? Wow. Jem had it right. <laughs> <laughs> she, she started a trend a long time ago. I see what you did there. I think this I is going to be kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm never one to like this sort of stuff. 
But um, especially with Andy Kaufman, I mean, he's someone who kind of lives in the moment, especially with his comedy. So yeah. I don't know if that is going to translate well to the stage at all. Um, so I, I, maybe I'm just an old friend. I'm not even an old friend. I'm like young. But it, I you get know. it. Yeah, because the, the problem with like people handling the estates of dead people, I've always found is you never know what that person's intent was. You know, it's like, you know, even I mean. The Hen- uh, Jimi Hendrix, as you mentioned, his family handles his estate, but you would never know like what his family would want. Jimmy, you never. His family doesn't always know what Jimmy would want with his career. What that have happened? Probably it's not tough. to be milked for forty years after his death. But what do I, I know? know? I know. But uh, but this is interesting because like Red. I mean, listen. I think this is going to be the future. It's going to be Futurama style where we have cryogenic heads frozen. <laughs> you know, so like in four hundred years from now, we're still seeing talking to Richard Nixon and Pamela Anderson. But at the what same I'm time, kind of, what I'm kind of waiting for, and it's definitely not going to happen this go round. But I'm waiting for a comedian that's savvy enough to know that he has a career. And will be popular after his death to record some stuff for the hologram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. So, like twenty years later, you'll you'll be able to see like I don't know Eugene Merman or something like that. There's not a doubt in my mind that someone already has thought of that. Like, a, oh, yeah. like a for example, like a president. I wouldn't be surprised if a president pre-records stuff for like a future Hall of Presidents type of thing. That's got to be a thing. Right? Yeah, maybe. It's got to be. We'll find out. Maybe the Illuminati knows. <laughs> we'll find out once well, Bronco Obama. The question I have is, are they going the on tour together? Is it going to be Red no, Fox, they, Andy Kaufman? Yeah, they're, they're going separate. on tour together. That's, what I, that's, that's what, kind of that's a, a understand odd it. combination. It's a super odd combination. Yeah. I um, just, I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting because there's a, many generations of people that never got to see either of them perform their stand-up live. Yeah. And I think it would be fun to do that. But if you're that familiar with their material... Just seeing a hologram version of it will would have to be kind of weird and ring yeah. false. Well, I mean, Kaufman yeah. might still be alive. We don't yeah. know. True, true. Every year around the anniversary of uh, this, the, the the time of like the Andy Kaufman Awards, some Andy Kaufman esque stunt happens, and it's kind of funny because because people are like, oh my god, like the most recent one was well not the most recent one, but the most one that got kind of got caught traction. Uh, this was a couple years back where a woman appeared at the Andy Kaufman Award show. Uh, Claiming to be his daughter, and it ended up being like an improv woman. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's Andy Kaufman alive!" I'm like, it's like, no, I'm not even going to write a story about this in the laugh button. He's fucking dead. <laughs> Just leave it alone. Like, I'm sorry, but the guy's dead. So, but have you have you read the Bob Zamuda book? I have not read the Bob Zamuda book, but we've there's, been, there's but some weird coincidence in there. But obviously, Listen, I think he's dead. It's but. in Bob Zamuda's best interest to keep Andy, the, the idea of Andy Kaufman True. alive because Bob Zamuda then can continue to do Tony Clifton and all that kind of stuff. So I just feel like even the idea of a holographic Andy Kaufman is, sounds like something that someone would have dreamed up as a prank. <laughs> yeah, like you think you think he saw enough into the future that holograms would be a thing? Is that what you're saying? Sure. This is also done by the same people that have put on the uh, the uh, the National Comedy Center, where they're talking about recreating the like, holograms of like Bob Hope and George Carlin and all that type of stuff too. So, I don't know. There's definitely a company out there that wants to put comedians back on the road, and they want to put them up there. But I, you know what? So, are, are they going to be performing like? Just well, classic bits. Well, Red Fox will be doing some classic bits, and yeah, previously recorded routines okay. and stuff like that. I mean, like, so let's be honest. How many how many kids that are of age now? Like, Will, you're a great example because you're in that demo. Like, you don't know Red Fox bits. You know he's important, but I know he's o- important. But, yeah. but how often do you, how many Red Fox bits do you know? So uh, it'll well, be almost new material to people like you, yeah. which okay. I think is the whole point. So cool. I don't know if it gets another generation talking about comedy legends. Is it really that bad a thing? I guess not. 
No, I mean, very, I'm not. That was a very impassioned answer you gave me, Bram. You're like, absolutely yeah. not. No way. <laughs> Bram from Metal Insider says no. Bram from Metal Insider. All right. So, what else is going on uh, in the comedy world? Uh, have you guys seen the, the trailer for Adam Sandler's new movie on Netflix called The Ridiculous Six? I have. What do you think? I, I think it looks have. a lot like your typical Happy Madison Adam Sandler movie. If yeah. it wasn't coming to Netflix, I wouldn't be surprised to see it coming to theaters. Yeah. Well, you will. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> typical Sandler. Um, it had this one has a great cast. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's got all Norm McDonald, Dan Aykroyd, Rob Schneider, uh, John Lovitz, Nick Swartzen. Uh, I mean, it's gonna have the cast, but do I think it's gonna follow through? I, probably not. I mean, like, I think it'll be as good as any Adam Sandler movie in the last decade. So, <laughs> well, see, here's the thing that here's the thing that I find funny about that is like Pixels tanked. Pixels Pixels is the most recent thing that tanked, and from all, everything I heard, it wasn't terrible. I just don't know if people had Adam Sandler fatigue or not. But I also know and this is a funny thing I heard that he keeps inking deals like this and making money because his popularity is growing overseas. He's I think he's one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood for like doing comedy I'm stuff. sure still uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure I, mean, I think still like he's a savvy guy he's in high demand yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. well that's what Happy Madison is for him but too, that so. doesn't really say anything about the quality of the film. No, 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 no it doesn't no, say no, anything no, about the quality all racism all. claims aside well this was also this was that film yeah, the taping yeah, of this film yeah, where yeah. like you know basically like half of the Cherokee Nation walked off of the film I know, but it's a like comedy that, it's comedy where there's going to be Indians and listen of course there's going to be some stereotypes but we live in 2015 this isn't like you know the era where Mel Brooks did Blazing Saddles you can't make Blazing Saddles in 2015 I say this all the time you know it's just not the climate for that type of movie I feel like this thing is like it just seems like it's already been done I mean especially with like Mel Brooks and stuff like that of course it doesn't seem done. like anything original at all but I mean that's I guess kind of like yeah. a lot of Sandler I stuff, mean but, but the reality recently. is the people that I think are going to see this movie, I don't know if they're that familiar with Blazing Saddles. You know? True. True. That's I probably why it's doing been it. on Netflix. So, uh, my <laughs> advice to anyone that might be watching this, uh, maybe go back and watch that first. Yeah, of course. It's, well, it's like, yeah. And by that, I mean definitely go back and watch that first. <laughs> no, no, or, like, yeah, before you and watch. Maybe don't even follow up, but, you know. Before you watch <laughs> before you watch The Ridiculous Six, before you watch A Million Ways to Die in the West, go watch Blazing Saddles. You know what, though? There's tons of yes. Adam Sandler fans that will love it, and oh, so be it. I have nothing 100%. bad to say about those people. Of course. Of course. I might not want to hang out with them or see them, <laughs> but, um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Good old Adam Sandler. You know what's funny? Uh, every time I think of the Mel, Mel Brooks movies, I was talking about Spaceballs the other day with a friend. Um, and I love Spaceballs, but it always reminds me of the Mike Lawrence joke about Spaceballs now, too, where he, where people would always compare, oh, you've seen Star Wars, you got to watch Spaceballs. Mike Lawrence saw Spaceballs first, so when he finally saw Star Wars, he just thought it was an unfunny Spaceballs. So he <laughs> never thought Star Wars was, was this great movie because it was always this unfunny That's Spaceballs. That's the best. Yeah. I never like, thought to like, do no, it in that order. Yeah. No. So like, I, like when I have a kid, I kind of want to play him Spaceballs first and see what their response is going to be. <laughs> it could be a great bit if they ever become a comedian 20 years later. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so there's a bunch of stuff going on in the TV world, and Bram, I specifically want to get your answer about this. Is like, It seems like this is the time of year where shows are getting canceled, shows are getting renewed, things are getting green light. There's like a new... I feel like Mila Kunis has like six new projects happening right now. Um, Seven. Hey-o. Um, <laughs> Just the one I have in mind for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I, know I, I saw where you're going there. It's in development. <laughs> Oh my God! You Bram heard it here. The the Bram and Mila Kunis have something. Bram's development. got puns. I mean, it's in development in my head. <laughs> I haven't approached her people yet. <laughs> By that I mean her bodyguards. But 
I'm sorry. You were we, saying? I don't know. I just seen how long you could take this joke out for. That's all I was just waiting for. Joke. <laughs> I'll see how long you could take it for. Um, so yeah. So I mean, like you know, canceled. Married FX. Do you guys ever watch the show Married on FX? No, I guess With I'm part of Can't say I have. I saw mm-hmm. a preview for it. It was once. a good sh- like. Listen, it has Judy. It had Judy Greer in it. Jenny Slate. It had Nate Faxon and a, and Paul Brett Reiser. Gelman? Brett Gelman was, was in, in it. it. Okay, great cast. You look at the cast, you're like, holy shit, this this show's gonna be great. But it never kind of got anywhere. How long did you watch it? I watched it for two seasons. It was on for two seasons. Oh wow, you watched the whole thing. Yeah, huh? man, I'm 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 in. I'm in it to win it with that stuff. At what point do you give up on a show where you're like, you know what, this looks good on paper. I like these people, but um, hmm. it's just not doing it for me. It depends. Dramas, I feel like I give up on quicker than comedies because dramas are always like an hour. I mean, comedies is like you can, on TV, it's twenty-two minutes. So like, I hang in with dramas a lot, lot, lot shorter than I do with comedy. But every year, there's like, all right, I'm divorcing these shows, and I have a breakup. We tell a little ceremony, and I delete them from the TiVo. That's sad. <laughs> what? Well, are there any shows you break up with? Oh yeah. Like what? Like what have you recently broken up with? Um, Homeland. I never got into Homeland. It was good never for a little while, then it got ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And even though I, I I keep putting off watching the end of Sons of Anarchy, Yeah, but I kind of hate-watched it for a long time. Sons of Anarchy started off really strong, got weird, and then like kind of ended a little. After Ireland. Yeah. The Ireland, was it season three, I think yeah. it was? Yeah. It was yeah. just like, what the hell's going on here? But I also think that's a problem, and I actually say that I've said this before. I think it's a problem with a lot of TV shows is some shows... They don't know when they're going to end, so like they kind of have this weird middle period where it's just like nothing progresses in the plot, nothing progresses in the characters because they're ne- they never know where they're going to be if the show's going to be renewed or canceled, so they don't do anything with it. I and think that's almost like strictly an American thing. It like is. Shows in America, go they don't they go on forever. If yeah. you look at shows in Britain, they end after like three or four seasons, yeah. sometimes and even two, all like six episodes. So, yeah, and yeah. it's like that's the perfect amount because if you take a show too far, it's just like. You just I, run out of material. I use the Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad description here because he actually said, from what I understand, he went in and said, I want to I want to do a show. I need to tell an X amount of episodes, and then my story's over, and I want out. Yeah. So, like, Breaking Bad, I mean, are you kidding me? AMC would have kept that show on the air for, like, another 10 years because it printed money for them. Yeah. But, well, uh... Adventures are wanted. Yeah. Wacky space. Scenario. I think space would have come in. Yeah, you hear Waylon. <laughs> but now, now the Luke... crazy meth boys. What are you going to do next? Now the Luke uh, Getting boys. back to Married, uh... <laughs> yeah, but... Getting but back I, to Married, like, you were watching it, and you just... Were you kind of grudgingly, like, hey, maybe it'll get great? I was Watching and hoping it would be great, and then season two came around. And they focused more on like Brett Gelman's character. They downgraded Julie Sl- Jenny Slate, which I think was good because she was good in doses on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it just didn't get anywhere. I, I I'm not upset that it was canceled, but at the same time, it's like I I get it. You know, I get it. Like this was, this was on FX, right? It was on FX, and it premiered along with You're the Worst, which is on FX, which is a great show. I recommend anyone who hasn't seen that show to watch it. It's so twisted and dark. It's great. It's like a great comedy. So if you, FX has kind of killing it right now with I think they were, its drama and its comedy. So. I think since they're like getting ready to premiere a lot of new shows next year with um, Baskets, Zach, and Baskets, Zach Galifianakis, mm-hmm. Louis C.K. show, um, Donald Glover's new show. Yeah, Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta. That, I, is that what it's called? Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, I think this is kind of just like, you know. 
that's kind of what they said. That's kind of what they. That's kind of what they said. It's also actually what HBO said about The Brink, which was another show that was canceled uh, this week too. It's, they basically said, "We need to focus on like the upcoming stuff. We can't give the, the attention it deserves, and, and it's gone." Which is unfortunate because I thought The Brink was great. It was so twisted. Mm-hmm. It had Tim Robbins in it, who I think is has done. It was the funniest work he's done in a long time. But it also had like a really great supporting cast of characters: Jack Black, Asif Manvi. They're all in it, and they originally said we're going to bring it on for season two and literally just kind of like pulled the carpet out of everyone last night and said, eh, we're done. But uh, it was like a funny take on like Middle Eastern politics. That basically. was another one I kind of gave up on. I didn't, really? I didn't dislike it. Yeah. But it just didn't keep me get, keep it going. Was it because Ballers was on? It, I didn't watch it, Ballers either. It aired before or after Ballers. <laughs> Is that the one with the... <laughs> the Rock. The Rock. The Rock. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was good yeah, for... Yeah. I was like, eh, maybe someday I'll watch. Well, this, listen, listen. If if I you like it... Entourage. it it's, it's 100% Entourage. It's the football version of Entourage. It really is. And and, and I'm sure it's the real world of football is just as nuts. What's that other football? Um, Friday Night Lights? No. No, no, Friday Night Lights was great. Comedy, football comedy. Football comedy? Like, like Necessary Roughness? With sorry, Sinbad as Big Andre Crane. Football comedy. What is Football comedy on HBO? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. On HBO. Oh, there was like First and Ten. Yeah. First, that was like from the nineties yeah, when like yeah, yeah. that exactly. was like Dream on HBO. Era. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. I don't even remember that. Well, you I remember either. the name. I just know but that H- football was involved. So yeah. yeah. You throw two HBO comedies in a blender, you come out with ballers. <laughs> <laughs> the ballers. Ballers was equal parts like comedy and drama and whatever. I don't is know. it funny? I, I thought it was just a drama. Listen, ballers is fine. Like if it's Sunday night and you're fucking like tired and exhausted, and you're like ah, I just want to watch something. Ballers is like it's candy. It's sugar. Yeah, like it's like watching Entourage. Thing. Entourage, you're like, oh, there's a there's a 50-50 chance I'll see a boob and someone will make a joke, you know? So <laughs> okay. It's the same idea. It's one of those shows. Yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. just, like, ex- yeah. ridiculously hot. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's, okay. it's, the pr- it's all the pretty people. Okay. Uh, just like Suits, that's the show of the pretty people, too. Everyone on that show is gorgeous, by the way. Dudes, women, gorgeous people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. They're gorgeous. All right. So, Bram, I definitely want to get your opinion on this. Metalocalypse. Yes. Okay. So, for people that don't know, we wrote a great story on the laughbutton.com. You should go read it. Basically, Metalocalypse is trying to put on a final season. It's creator Brendan Small put together a season, said this is the final season. It's a swan song of the show. Went to Adult Swim. Adult Swim said, no, it's too expensive. So now... Metalocalypse's future is not really written or buttoned up. He tried to sell it off to Hulu because Adult Swim has the uh, the the streaming rights are for Adult Swim are on Hulu. So like seasons one through well, I guess three three or four of, of uh, Metalocalypse are available on Hulu, but not this final season. It doesn't make sense for them to go to Netflix because you go to Netflix, they're not going to want one season of the show to stream. So it's kind of all Adult Swim Hulu or nothing. So he's launched a campaign called Apocalypse uh, Metalocalypse Now, um, which is basically kind of like getting social media involved, get people involved in the show. I've seen Mark Hamill, who does some voice work on the Metallica. show. Metallica. I want to say the Foo Fighters put out something. I, I, I want to say. I don't know. So like Anthrax? Anthrax. Another one? Pantera, maybe. Surprise me. Yeah, like all those dudes put out stuff because, like, yeah. you know, it's a funny show, and it also kind of covers the world of metal. So they're all like, oh, this is super awesome and us. What's your take on this? Do you, like, as I a metal fan... I think it's pretty unprecedented to see someone actually launch a crowdfunding slash awareness type program Mm -hmm. just to get their show back. Um, There's a lot of people that really like that show. Um, And the music that came out of it as well. I mean, they put out three albums and the first one's probably sold almost 
five hundred thousand. Like I know it was. Yeah. I know it sold upwards of three hundred thousand. They toured with like Mastodon and Converge. Like they have a legitimate metal fan base, and not just from fans. Uh, like musicians, like Metallica yeah. was on there. Um, tons of artists have been on there, and uh, going to see the show, there were a lot of people that were. Uh, there to like I'm talking about when they toured with Mastodon and Converge. There were a lot of people yeah. there that were just there to see it because of the cartoon. They had no necessarily mm-hmm. real interest in metal, so it actually got people into the music that might not otherwise. So I don't know that like it's a gateway to metal, but yeah. uh, it definitely had a lot of people interested in it. And um, there's a lot of fans, and a lot of people really want to see the story come to a close. Well, wasn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't like the Death album like one of the best-selling death metal records like of all time? It might be the best death okay. metal. That's crazy. Like, So there's clearly a fan base out there. Absolutely. I mean, each album sold a little bit less, but well, that that's, has more that's to do with... Well, that's the trend of albums yeah, in general. Yeah, more to do with the way records sell these days. Gotcha. Um, I think it's really interesting that... Hey, how's it going? Hello? Uh, <laughs> to phone. Welcome to the Left Button Podcast. How can I help you? <laughs> um... I think it's really interesting that adults went past on it, uh, and I'm sure it was just flat out too expensive for them. Is what they said, and uh, that's what the the story is at least. I'm right. sorry. I've got to think that there's marketing ex- executives either at Hulu or at Adult Swim that are seeing the outpouring of support, not just from fans but musicians, that will probably finance the end of it. So, gotcha. do you think there there will be a final episode? Uh, I think there will be a final season. Or a final season, yeah. okay. I don't really know what the whole uh, clock opera thing was about. Yeah, uh, that, like that could have wrapped the whole series yeah, up. It was you could have done a that ninety-minute like thing. thing that could have really <laughs> What's the clock opera? It was they did like that was like season four. It was, it was just this ninety-minute special? special rock okay. opera type of thing. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, I mean, I hope I hope the numbers are good. I hope uh, people are psyched. I hope uh, I hope uh, I don't know. I, the people want it. I hope people want the their metal. Me- people want it I anyway. hope the people want their metalocalypse now. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So we're going to get to our interview. We have a very special interview with uh, the creators of Moonbeam City. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show or not. Basically, we got Scott Gardner and uh, Tommy Blanca. Uh, Blancha. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm butchering his last name. I am sure. Basically, these guys created Moonbeam City, which is currently on Comedy Central. Uh, if you aren't familiar, it's got a lot of the vocal uh, stylings from uh, the main character is Rob Lowe. It also has like Will Forte in it. It's got all these kind of really great people in it. And it has a. It's done by Titmouse, which are the same people that uh, have basically. It's the bloodline of like Archer and the bloodline of like all those Adult Swim shows. So it has a very Adult Swimmy kind of vibe, and it's. But it's on Comedy Central. It's a half hour, and it basically is in the vein of like a futuristic '80s detective work. So it's kind of like Miami Vice meets like the cover of like Duran Duran's Rio record. <laughs> is probably the best way to describe it. So I'm pretty psyched about that. So yeah, uh, we're gonna cut to our interview with Mark, who was. Uh, it was the last interview you ever recorded before you died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to get Rest this rumor piece, started. Yeah. Collector's <laughs> item. I'm going to try to get this podcast. I'm going to try to get this rumor rumor started that Mark is dead and he fell off the Alps in Switzerland. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, the Moonbeam City creator Scott and Tommy here on the Laugh Button Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the Laugh Button Podcast right now the two men behind the show Moonbeam City. They're responsible for it. and uh, yep. they play Every them. single part of it, by the way. Every single 
nook and cranny. Drawings, music, yep. a lot of work for two guys to do. Editing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, whoever then does the uh, Elizabeth Banks impression does it spot on. Elizabeth Banks. So, <laughs> so I don't know how you got the license to use her name to say you, you it's in the credits. but uh, It's easier than uh, uh, trying to get the real thing. So yeah. Scott and Tommy are here from Moonbeam City. Hello. Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks Welcome. for having us. Yeah. All right. So I wrote this line down because I think it's very important. And uh, when I read it, I was automatically stoked for the show because one thing I, I love doing is when I visit my mother-in-law, uh, she lives down in Orlando. We go to Disney. And my favorite thing to do is go to Tomorrowland because Tomorrowland <laughs> is like that. You're speaking Scott's language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His yeah. obsession it's... and fetish is really, he Good. just perked up. I just sat up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm obsessed with that whole going back to what the 80s felt like and then what they thought the future was going to look like, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. So, so I read this line. I read, Moonbeam City is an absurdist, retro, futuristic 80s cop extravaganza. I'm like, I'm in. I'm, I'm sold. Oh, great. Who and that's without even any reference to uh, Epcot Center or right. uh, Captain EO or the, the many things Captain that I was... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Remember that guy? I, uh, I certainly do. I go see him as often as I can. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very excited they, they brought him back. Uh, uh, the mayor's named ago. after him. Yeah, we named, the mayor in the show is named uh, Mayor EO Jackson, uh, spelled with two X's, though, to, uh, to make it stupider, and uh, uh, played by Powers Booth and otherwise unrelated to Captain EO or Michael Jackson in any way, but uh, and what a nice great, little nod with the name. What a great name. His name is just in general. Like, Powers Booth is already a made-up yeah. sort Booth's of thing. Kind of a movie yeah. incredible. Name already. Yeah. yeah. Powers. Uh-huh. So let's start with that. Yeah. Uh, you got to name these characters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? And that's that's part of the fun. When you create something and you find out it's going to be made and you're, you're super stoked for that, you're like, all right, well, this is going to be forever. So what are we doing with these character names? How silly can we get? Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you guys decide what like sort of angle or path you were going to walk down with as far as these these well, names could were concerned. I answer that? Yeah. Cuz uh well Scott, you know, mapped it all out and then he had a list of names and for some reason I just it was it so easy to understand even though it's not specifically 80s. This is a weird world that's very unique to him and and so when he had this list of names it was like Marquis, Mercury, Omega. You just kind of like there's a weird <laughs> thing you kind of either get it or don't. There's not really an explanation out there, but you sort of, and then, then when I started naming them too, it's like, uh, oh right, like you know, like uh, Flash Delaney, right? You know? Sure. So there's rules, <laughs> but you know, there, it's not exactly, but there's just something like, oh, okay, when you look at the list, you're like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of words that imply futuristic 80s glitz and glamour <laughs> right yeah sort of, of but, are... but even when they don't, they do. Yeah, so because like, yeah, there's no, yeah, because sometimes you'll hear one that's. Uh, that that doesn't seem to fit with the formula, but it just where you know where you don't. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it works or it doesn't. There's a certain ma- the the formula that I like to say initially was that it's a uh, uh, it's it's kind of a, a boring last name or like a character actor last name uh, combined with a, a first name that an eight year old girl would call her horse, uh, which is that's sort of the initial ones. that's kind of that applies. Dazzle so, Novak. So piz- and, yeah. And so pizzazz is like yeah, pizzazz yeah. Miller. Uh, uh, Chrysalis Tate, uh, 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 Rad Cunningham. I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, Rad could be. Rad's a pretty good horse. Or that Rad is like a name, like a like a twelve year old boy would call a lizard or something. Right, yeah. right. Like yeah, he's the weird guy with the gecko. Yeah. You know that guy who's like got to get mice. Yeah, that's Rad. You know? Don't worry, he won't hurt you. <laughs> then we were just naming bowlers for the one episode just to be on the background on like a list of bowl. Like you, for one second, like oh here's a list of bowlers, and we're just cracking up. So we know. Other scripts are due, but like we're spending forty-five minutes just cracking ourselves up, like Spark Rasmussen, yeah, <laughs> just like 
just this list, you know. If we ever get the request from the designers to, can we get a list of names to fill out this, you know, yeah, the, this bowling form or this uh, uh, yeah. whatever, the, this this list of, uh, of 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 names. Like it, it's always like. Oh yeah, sure. Yes, we will drop anything we are doing to because uh, yeah, that's easier than uh, you know that stuff's uh, easier and a lot more fun than you know cracking story and whatever. Right. That yeah. stuff you gotta do. It's uh, it has to it. be done. But I'm working um, on restaurant name billboards. <laughs> Pizza Max with three X's. And just, <laughs> you know, endless. Or or the theme restaurants naming the dishes. Well, we'll oh right. Laser, la- what was the Pizza Crystals? Uh, Lazerino Pizza. Crystal? La- Lazerino yeah. Pizza Crystals. <laughs> Lazerelli. Yeah. We still haven't seen those. Yet. Yeah. Vic Lazertelli. That was a bowling. Yeah. Vic Lazertelli is a bowling. It's so bowling great. Guy. It's so great. Uh, I I prefer to use the name Bowl Movement. When I go bowling, that's uh, that's my name, Bowl Movement. Oh, neat. Uh, do you guys have specific bowling names when you guys go bowling? No. Do you put up on the board? No, I don't really I usually, yeah. I shorten my name to, or not shorten because it's the same amount of letters, but I, I coolify it into skiz. Scott becomes skiz. I think you can all agree that that's pretty cool. Skiz uh, that's is cooler yeah. to see up on the board there. And uh, Actually, I remember I was in a bowling league in the 80s, but we used to like, like, do coke and acid and stuff and we actually got so kicked out of the league. So it wasn't so much a bowling league. Well, no, it was it, our team was our team was called the Tie-Dye 5 cuz this kid made t-shirts. Okay. And then, and then we had a uh, uh, like uh, our slogan was dig it. It was just so crazy. It was just so drug-fueled. But I remember we were, we were playing some like plumbing supply place and the, and our guy was putting scores up and he put the guy's name up as Bert. He goes, "Oh, you're Bird Woman" cuz the guy's name was Bert. Okay. And Bert got like, "Hey, you motherfuckers." And he was going to get in a fight with us and I just I just thought of that now, but my name I used to be was Tex. Okay. Uh, so I did have a bowling name it was Tex. Wow. Oh, there you go. Well, I haven't thought of that, that in like 20 years, but uh Well, I'm glad we unearthed that. Yeah. Sorry about this that. Is such a <laughs> drug-fueled haze. <laughs> it, it, it was, one time we just couldn't even bowl cuz we were we were too high. <laughs> It's probably a common problem across this country. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I've seen some people really fucked up that can bowl. That's, that's, yeah. It's not that complicated. No, it's one thing you can play pool and bowl. Uh, that would have been great to, to see you guys doing your can thing. Can I swear, by the way? I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do whatever. Um, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have been great to walk over to you guys and just fill up all the holes with something so you guys couldn't find them. You know, like you're trying to go. I can't. Oh, fucking. Well, how do you get my hand in this ball? You could have gone for you know, an hour. Six hours later we pulled no this. frames yeah i don't think it would have bothered us we we had a kind of foolproof system where it didn't even matter if we won but i remember we had a huge handicap by the end we were like then a couple of us would bowl good and they're like and uh we were like challenging the top team and kind of screwing them up in the order oh nice and then uh, i remember here overhearing guys from other teams going we can't let these motherfuckers beat us like because <laughs> suddenly we're like woo we're bowling out of our minds because <laughs> you know, like, i bowl uh i bowled a 90 and then i bowled a 240 you're like what the fuck is going on amazing yeah. all right so let's back it up a little bit moon sure. moonbeam city where's where does the uh, concept come from how this thing you know originate and where'd you two guys meet how'd you uh, guys cross paths well you well you kind of uh the the, the description that you read and that i mean that that's sort of what it uh, that, that's what it comes out of is my love of sort of uh, uh, futuristic by way of, of 80s and, and uh, that yeah yeah to Tomorrowland and Epcot Center and all that stuff so that Max Headroom must uh, have been a big one for oh, you oh yeah, yeah yeah sure I think Max Headroom and uh, uh, and I, I always say Tron and, Tron's and, my and, favorite movie of all time oh I really I love I'm that kidding. movie man. Yep. yeah yeah it was, it was sort of like like I think I was really excited about Tron Legacy and I wasn't like 
totally let down by it, but I remember it as I was that movie. Oh, sure. Tommy's like, yeah, you're not afraid to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what if Joseph yeah. Kevlinsky or whoever yeah. directed it John, is listening John, yeah, to yeah. this podcast? I don't want to. Objectively, a problematic movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but it was so you know, like super style and looks real cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. I wasn't totally let down either. I was happy it existed, and I was glad there were some fun Easter eggs that were thrown in there for the you know original Fair fans. Fired from Rotten Tomatoes. No, no, no. I, I I think it's sitting at 50%, yeah, yeah. so I'm right there on that's the That's kind of right. That, that's yeah. about accurate. But I think, yeah, seeing that movie or seeing a lot of these things, I just remember thinking, like, oh, if you could, like, take this kind of aesthetic with neon stripes and laser grids and mm-hmm. and uh, a super angular architecture and uh, uh, and uh, and pale dead-eyed people and uh, and just marry it with really stupid comedy that that'd be a, a really fun uh, be a really fun mix yeah I'm, oh, I met Scott at Titmouse when uh, Mark Brooks who's a director where he's doing the pilot okay. there so I met him and was kind of like oh what's the show and immediately like oh it's like you know, I just saw a puff, like a picture of him, like, oh, it's like Nagel Prince running around his cops, and th- that was so great because I was like, oh, that's fucking great. And usually, like, you know, there's a million things. What's right. that? Okay, a long explanation. I don't know. Well, maybe. Who knows? But that was like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was clear as day. Like it was what clear. it was going to be. And right, not only yeah. that, then he was like talking about the music, and I was like, in knowing Mark Brooks, I'm like. Oh, you got the best guy in the city to direct it, you know, you know, and yeah, and Mark Mark Brooks, who worked with uh, Tommy on Metalocalypse uh, a ton, and then has uh, 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 hung around Titmouse and done a lot of great stuff there, and uh, uh, also has a really awesome band called Nightclub that does uh, that does all of our music. So mm-hmm. so so Mark Brooks sort of is a guy we we both worked with separately, me on the pilot and Tommy on Metalocalypse. So when the series got greenlit, one of the things was you need to hire a showrunner. Uh, uh, Mark immediately suggested Tommy, Richie Schwartz, our other producer, thought of Tommy as well, not having not even met him, just like, heard he's cool. Yeah, sure, Tommy, that cool, guy. And that's, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's that. That's that. <laughs> and, yeah, working at show. the animation studio, so it was all like a pretty good segue, so... Well, well, they as far as the animation and and like I said, when I first came across it, this was gonna be a thing, and uh, and I remember hearing it a long time ago too. I mean, sure. did it take a long time to eventually get it to screen? Like yeah, the, uh, the, the development took for I mean, like development takes forever, animation takes forever, right? Just all of the, all, every, lots of things conspired to make this just the, go the waiting, on and on and on. The waiting for a decision takes forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The doing nothing takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> every single step of it. Yeah, we yeah, because we're here, we're in New York for New York Comic Con, and we. We're at San Diego Comic Con earlier this summer, and the show still did not come out. We were at San Diego Comic Con the previous summer, so it's been yeah, it, it's been sort of talked about for yeah, it's been a little forever and ever. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Imagine how I feel just years and years of uh, uh, yeah. I've, every, every, release, so. just so you guys know, every convo I had with Comedy Central over the last like year was like, so what's the deal with Moon Beam City? Like, oh, no kidding. When's this coming? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but when you know, Renata's here, when we went out to lunch, I was like, so, what, Moonbeam City, what's the, what's the fucking deal? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know. There was one thing, and it just just how it goes, was like, okay, I think it's going to come out at this point. It was right. like in a couple months, and then like, you know what, there's a little... It's not even anything dramatic. Like, I think the Amy Schumer show has to go there for some scheduling things. So, actually, the best time is after the new South Parks. So, mm-hmm. just those two things, which are just minor things, that's actually like a seven month. You know, yeah, like wait. Yeah. So, you know, there's delay. just, it's just the, the nature of it. Like, so that, that's like, there was no like. But that, that's one thing that we really love about uh, Comedy Central is that they like. Uh, uh, very very smart with the the programming decisions and very deliberate and it's not like 
I, I having not done this myself before, I didn't know if the uh, if the network creator adverse relationship would be adversarial, and if it'd be like, where we'll throw you on, you know, at two thirty in the morning, and we'll you know let's see if it works or not. It's been very like no, they've they they want it to work as much as we do, and they That's really great. picked the best spot for it, and uh, they aren't just throwing us to the wolves. So it's been uh, it's been nice. Well, you guys have landed a hell of a, a voice cast, oh, you know, you. to say yeah. the least, including yourself. Yes, right, indeed. As, as Genesis Jones, uh, uh, the uh, uh, super cocky uh, lead reporter for uh, Moonbeam City News. Yeah, he's got uh, a little bit of a toot, man. He's a little. Uh... Yeah, there's. So, he's sort of a sensationalist kind of, uh, <laughs> sort of a hard copy current affair kind right. of. There's a. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm already at the bottom of this story. Go f- <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> we, we ended up cutting him doing sort of Bill O'Reilly esque. Chew outs of uh, of the crew. I think we've we've definitely like flirted with some. Just, we'd need to finesse it better. Yeah, it seemed to come out up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll make some room for the the nasty side of Genesis Jones, which is is clearly there. I, yeah, uh, I was gonna say I can see some like actual like uh, spinoff, like a you know actual newscast spinoff where it's just I the will, full show. I will talk like that guy uh, <laughs> as, as long as possible. We we have an idea for a future episode that would be sort of wrapped around as a as a newscast that he's okay. hosting, covering the live. Uh, the live implosion of the old glitter dog factory downtown. Uh, uh, there's a little, there's a little preview of something that <laughs> might not ever happen. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Three years later, when I'm interviewing you guys, you're like, so that episode's finally coming out. We're gonna tease it at Comic Con, <laughs> yeah, 560. Yeah. That's yeah. about the timeline. Or you'll be talking to us after it wins all the Peabodys. Do you, actually, do, but do remember, in the middle of production, it's so hairy. It's kind of like, oh, this waiting around. But then when it's like, okay, season two, fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you? We'll be so happy to get. <laughs> that news and then in five days we'll be drowning all right so, so the cast yep. we got rob Lowe, we got elizabeth banks we mm-hmm. got kate mara right yeah, we got yeah. uh will forte. forte i feel like i'm leaving out one person that's that's the primary cast and then yeah i, I do uh, i do some voices tommy does uh, yep. a ton of voices uh john o'hurley uh, yeah yeah john, john o'hurley's in there a few times from seinfeld uh, uh and yeah crazy Crazy guests. And then just weirdos we, everyone we asked for, we kind of got, like, you know, uh, um, Catherine O'Hara. Sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. She was cool. great. Yeah. Uh, Andy Richter, Trace Adkins, country superstar. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was my personal uh, fetishy thrill. Yeah, your, there... your request, and it worked out yeah. great. Well, just he's got this preposterously deep voice. And in fact, right. we had a bad connection with Nashville. Okay. And you was like, I was like, oh, can we even use this? Because it was like, a f- we did it over the phone. So static. You know, really hard to hear anything. You know, it didn't matter for the, the you know, we were just trusting the, the recording engineer on the other side, but everything was like, <laughs> but then when he talked, it just like, well, that sounded good. <laughs> so we just trusted it. And we literally, re- the session was so short, we used like 90% of what he recorded. Like four lines and then see ya. So, <laughs> and great. then we just yeah, he only had four lines to record, so we just kept throwing him like he was a, he's a uh, sort of uh, 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 jacked up fireman, and and so we just like hey, can you just um, we're gonna add something? Can you just say jump girls into my jacked arms and then laugh for a little while? And we'd hear that just pound through <laughs> yeah. jump girls, it just blasted through the horrible connection, and then we kept like scrambling. Oh, we gotta think of more. Uh, yeah, sex sounds. Uh, just start having read lyrics off your favorite song. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Outgoing answering machines. <laughs> sure. And uh, yeah, it was t- tough to let him go. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
we're yeah, we're forgetting a bunch. So like Peter Serafinowicz, Peter uh, oh, from dude, by the way, that dude, guy doesn't get enough love, man. Yeah, Peter yeah. Serafinowicz. Yeah, I feel like he's maybe more like he's like royalty in England. Yes, and, and like has like doesn't have the the, the love clout in here in the states. That, that yeah, he should, but like, but he's like, I mean. Like so many, almost everybody I talk to who, who uh, I like comedically is like, oh, you like look around you, right? Are you like uh, Peter the Peter Serfinowitz sketch show, right? Like yeah. it's those are just like touchstones at this point in terms of quality, insane uh, mm-hmm. uh, comedy. Yeah, yeah, he's so great. Yeah, he can do a lot of stuff too. Yeah. Too bad he was a fucking jerk. No, oh, was man. he a jerk what face? A... <laughs> <laughs> Dickbag. <laughs> maybe, that, had... maybe that's why he hasn't made it in the states, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He only douche. had four lines to record, and he, <laughs> he only did two. <laughs> yeah. to get a sound alike for yeah. the rest. Oh no! <laughs> All right, so uh, Tommy, let's let's get some of your background, man, because you've been doing voiceover for a little while now, right? Yeah. yeah. How many years you got in the bag now? Um, Officially in the bag, yeah. The voiceover bag, yeah. Well, I first how, got how my deep voiceover is this card. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess at Conan I started doing voice for you know weird little side things here and there. Okay, and then you know, uh, then I used to you know mess around with stuff back in school or whatever you know videos and stuff. So, but um, then after that I worked on TV Funhouse. So. You know, it was, it was all kind of like necessity, like, fuck, I'll do it or I can, you know, because you're last second. You're just like, we need your last yeah. second. And also, like, we have the same philosophy here. There's so many ancillary characters when you can't have people come in. Sometimes you'll do a scratch VO and often a lot of cartoons will suck because they're just we're locked into the the voice, you know, the voices and everyone's yelling. And you see it in big movies, too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, those celebrities weren't in the same room and they're just like yelling. And it's like you don't get the, the them you know when people aren't in the same yeah, room yeah the energy and the vibe and stuff yeah, yeah. same goes with doing an interview like if you're doing like de- like you said down the line or whatever it's terrible you're yeah just, and it's even worse yeah. imagine like I'll say the questions and then you answer them and then we'll edit it together <laughs> oh, when terrible. you're not there terrible you know so it's just like the energy so often we'll you know fix things you know ourselves so like that's why we play a lot of you know ancillary characters and then you, and we'll even like it's funny because he does a great Rob Lowe so we'll write you know we'll we'll just do scratch VOs and fix things and and then we'll you know then when we go do pickups it's more efficient so that's kind of how I started doing it and also then at Metalocalypse I started to like get better because I'd be like oh I have to do another voice but it can't sound like that Mm -hmm. and then just you know that was just such a big workload so then I was actually like learning how to use my voice like you know when all the bullshit classes I took in college like this is your head voice and yeah fuck I don't know what that is (laughs) whatever what now Matt what the fuck is that and then at a certain point I'm like oh it is it's like this that's coming out of this part of my like oh I finally you know 25 years of I oh I finally I know what you're talking about did you go back and apologize no because it still was explained in such a pretentious shitty stupid yeah. way that i still think they're wrong for the most part you know or at least how they taught it right? yeah at yeah. least how they taught it so it's like <laughs> you don't need to f- just do that you know just give a weird example but uh so did yeah. you did you guys have the primary cast like together for script reads and stuff uh, well he did everything i came he did the pilot and then i came on board right. as uh um thank god they said he was too green so i was like thanks by the way because <laughs> i appreciate that happy to like, have not enough credits <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, was, I was like uh, it was really good it was like Oh, this is great. Just, you know, keep doing this and here's some things we'll move on to be more efficient or here's what production is a monster. So as far as like, oh, yeah, Rob. Oh, wow. He's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, she's working. Oh, you know, it was a lot for me. It was just a lot of reinforcement. Sure. And then, you know, helping with the production schedule and, 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 you know, getting along with him and moving forward. And it's been really like the best thing ever for me, a situation. I've never worked on a thing that was like more like, oh, great. 
this is re- this is really you know it's hard work but it's really fun and it really works yeah i'm so. getting That's... spoiled because i yeah like, like i always tell did, too, did you just never show run good. the shit out of this show you just show run the shit out of this show <laughs> that's about <laughs> right yeah yeah that's pretty much what he said I, but you just you start to hear horror stories especially about uh animated projects mm-hmm. of th- things that haven't haven't gone as smooth and, and where there's big crazy hiccups and in terms of like oh people are not on the same page like the style clashes with the comedy and 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 uh yeah this things just run so so smooth i mean i think we had a nice foundation with the pilot and a cast that everybody liked we got so so lucky there but then we yeah, get to wear a lot of hats we have two directors only you know and then mm-hmm. i think everyone's like that that's a big deal. yeah it's really it's it's really not not done by committee i mean uh, so so often the vast majority of the show has been done with just six people in a room and comedy central's just really turned us loose to entrusted us to do what we want and they check in when it's important but even then they it's it's not like if there's something we really uh, believe in and want to fight for we can fight for it and uh uh it's just a really good uh, mechanism that they that they have set up and tommy's been such a great showrunner and uh and should be you know, showing the animation ropes and that's it's the ships run real smooth i just i just sat in on a verbal blowjob this first one ever, right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know, what sucks doing all this because we're always saying like, oh, you, you know, because it's a triumph just to make the fucking show. Yeah, it even is. if it, it really fucking is. sucks. It's well, a plus animation, make, it's know. another element. You know, it's not like a typical show. It's uh, this, Fuck, yeah, yeah, it's so hard. And yeah, so, animation too because it can grow. It, 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 right. it'll like seep in, in its horror like live action is like that fell apart but animation is like how's that it's just weird cubicles like we're hemorrhaging money but it's still just this quiet like what's happening you don't know like <laughs> yeah. till later yeah. like wh- what how do we get $300,000 over budget just in a weird quiet way with dysfunctional awkward people it just grew and you know <laughs> or you're it's not working it's it can be very strange like scott's not happy with his keyboard he keeps getting new keyboards three hundred thousand so, yeah. dollars worth of keyboards so, so we're thrilled just that the show is made and tracks right but it's kind of weird sometimes being like in these interviews because you're like well it's not on and successful yet so you know but but we're happy and kind of to be like yeah. you know, find so you, a line between talking about yeah. it being proud of it and uh, uh and you see, yeah. sounding like you're sucking your head. we see that at comic cons all the time like what's in here going to this panel oh it's yeah. a new thing coming on whatever and then mm, this board of you know uh, all these actors and yes and i decided this and this was great oh now they're gonna show it oh it fucking sucks you know it's, like, it's, it's gonna be gone and like oh, oh and we have what a big way to turn people off from a show like just nothing but pre-hype and then yeah. people yeah. watch it and like this is what it was about yeah. uh, especially uh, nowadays I, I see how many times Chinese you see, democracy what? yeah <laughs> oh god how many times show. do you see things where you see the actors already like talking about before you see the product right, well, the thing right. about the like stop waxing yeah, poetic what's, like what's it's great the, what's great about yeah. white noise is, it's uh, uh, yeah. spend some time with it you know it's a pre-criterion collection <laughs> movie <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah so all right uh, two other huge elements to the show we got to talk about uh and we'll start let's start with music yeah it's awesome like just right right when the theme song kicks in you're like <laughs> nailed it you know and uh nice. are there rumblings here of an album i think did i uh yeah there's something's there's, going there's, on we, i don't know if we can rumblings, rumblings of an album yeah, yeah, yeah. okay uh, quit I quit treating us like <laughs> like it's <laughs> rumblings hey, i'm just saying <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I was in a meeting yeah. yesterday, and, ah. and someone was like, Look, "I we're think in a maybe an album's coming out." Yeah, so. four foot hotel room. Stop saying rumblings of an album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, again, to uh, I don't think we can talk about it, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, or maybe we can. It's Comic-Con. Let's tease them. Let's give them. Here's yeah. two notes of a yeah. song that may be on the album. Yeah. <laughs> I, this much we this much I know. I will I'll here I'll give another uh, VBJ, another uh, verbal blowjob to uh, to uh, to Nightclub, uh, mm-hmm. our excellent in-ass band and th- these guys made like I I'm sure over 100 original music tracks throughout the season. That, oh, wow, that's uh, great. Are... And Mar- Mark's been around old punk rocker, been mm-hmm. around the music scene a lot, so this is incredible. I was directing it like, oh, we need a piece of music. Oh, there you go. It's just so efficient. Yeah. And like, and we, yeah, he and he, by the way, directed six of the ten episodes, including the pilot. So to have the the continuity between the the director and the guy designing the, the feel and the shots and the guy making the music, it's it's insane. It just like, uh, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it reminds you like a, a John Carpenter kind of situation, which see, that's an influence on him musically sure. too uh, uh so yeah it, we're uh there's a lot of cool music and yeah we're we're uh yeah we're we're, we're, we're talking about getting the soundtrack out there and uh 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 yeah yeah these but but in addition to i mean because i think they really nail the uh you know the the 80s synth stuff but we've also called on them to do all these insane odds and ends like a you know a, a, a game show theme song or a horrible rockabilly song which mm-hmm. we're showing in a, in a minute at, uh, at comic-con really excited about that uh, that roblo sings and and uh, uh, what else? What else have they done? There's so there's well, so many odds and ends stuff, musically, you know? and uh, so that that's what's cool that they've like. I think there's people you could have gotten to do the show who would have gotten that. 80s synth vapor wave retro whatever you want to call it i think i think there's a lot of bands could have done that uh, uh but but not as well as nightclub and nightclub's been so uh they've done well, so also, great genre yeah. music uh that isn't that either right. so uh, yeah we try to come which i'm grateful to comedy central for like because so- sometimes it's hard to, to produce cartoons when when the scripts they, they want them exactly like sitcoms when it's joke to joke writing and it's it's just assembled like that where we're kind of try to be cinematic and say like we have a three-pronged thing we'll let art do the talking for us or music or sound and you know especially synth stuff mm-hmm. and dialogue so there's a lot of times where you know you'd be doing script notes and be like i don't get that and we're like no he'll be evil because we'll zoom in and we'll have this sound you know and then like you know <laughs> so there's a lot of odds and ends that mark and we all just are like simpatico about that 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 seem to work hopefully but uh that's you know that's the pleasure of having mark too in there so you know sometimes things grow out like oh we'll put a song here you know it's not it's assembled in a pretty organic way we do things which are called live that's edits great. which okay. we, we our favorite pal is this 48 dollar usb microphone i bought oh so, <laughs> so when nice. we do the animatic a lot of times you know and it's like things aren't working or that's not quite we just replace dialogue or just do stuff on the fly to just you know cut stuff and and uh it's great scott has a, a editing background which is that's mm-hmm. great because the real sense of like Wow, we worked hard. We assembled this thing. Yeah, it's not working. Fucking kill it. Cut it in half. Take oh, that yeah. out. You and massively, yeah, scripts that lay lines that you go over and go over again. Then you get it up on its feet and like, wow, it just doesn't work. We yeah. have to rewrite it now <laughs> yeah. in the boardroom. But that like those have been some of the most fun sessions where like, uh, uh, particularly Juno, our other great director, is uh, you know like you know up making new boards as we're recording new yeah. lines. Oh, wow. uh, okay. uh, the, the the episode that just aired. Uh, uh, this this uh, this bowling uh, animation adventure with with the Peter Serafinowitz was in uh, uh, th- as a as a third act that I'm really proud of. That's this 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 dumb uh, uh, you know like 
like getting assembling a bunch of bowlers to bowl a perfect game and that'll reveal the final master plan of the villain <laughs> it's just this like really fun insane ending and i remember it just not quite being there and yeah. it needing a lot of like like okay let's hear let's let's do new lines let's do new boards let's all yeah. and it just like uh, uh i don't know the, the the process was just so so fun and organic and alive and and uh uh and a lot more uh, I think that's a big thing Tommy brought to the show is like uh, you know either we can like work this through and have a thousand alts and make these scripts you know absolutely perfect uh, but or we can do it on its feet and uh, and improvise and make it come yeah. alive even though it's even though it's an animated show and uh, um, yeah because yeah. you always have to because invariably even when sometimes like here's the script's good like oh the perform everyone's yelling <laughs> you know that's a big problem yeah. like cause especially people are like they're not hung into a character yet or doing a new voice. It's always really big. And then sometimes you assemble it all together. And like I said, if people aren't in the, you know, like people are acting with each other, they're making micro adjustments to each other constantly. But when you just piecemeal it together, sometimes it's like, wow, that dialogue just, that doesn't. <laughs> it's just two people yelling for And how many times you see that in big movies? <laughs> yeah. You know, where it's like. Strange And you just too. feel like. Oh, because there's a huge celebrity. They paid a bunch of money, and someone's antsy. And oh, I'm doing it like this, and we can't note him, and they're gone. And now, put it together, and the, oh, the penguin doesn't really seem to be talking to the shark. <laughs> I'm not making any particular right. movie. That's not how yet. you talk to yeah. a shark. Come on. Yeah, I can only assume somewhere <laughs> in the DreamWorks slate there's a yeah, there's a penguin slash yeah. shark movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Probably. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's coming. It's <laughs> yeah. coming. Someone's doing it. Someone's already doing it. All right, so I hope when this this album does come out, it's gonna come out in like neon wax, man. You get some like glow if, in the dark. If it were vinyl. not a, a bright pink vinyl, yeah. uh, I'd be I'd be shocked. Uh, <laughs> that would be insane if it wasn't. All right, so uh-huh. the people that watch, you know, the first episode, like right away, we see an old lady catch on fire, right. and then we and then we ha- we we hear something that's I'm already using in my everyday uh, speech because this show is unbelievably quotable. I mean, oh, it's just, there's you. so many great lines in this, <laughs> but the, but the whole uh, um, uh, oh, I hope your brain is hungry because I'm about to feed it some bullets. Yeah, like, I hope your brain your I hope your brain's <laughs> hungry. It's having bullets for dinner. Right, and so then he good. messes up and has to. Sh- fire again and has to come up with a new line that's kind of the same welcome to the brain splat diner tonight's special is you uh uh it's funny we didn't want the show to just be like you know because it's a well-worn territory like sort of like schwarzenegger mm-hmm. 80s couplet we definitely didn't want it to be all that but but uh but those but ones how do you stay away yeah, yeah sometimes you just can't resist away? yeah and also in those cases that's sort of like i think of it as Dazzle is a cool swaggering cop who has these lines at the ready, and then but then he doesn't seal the deal and successfully <laughs> uh, get a shot off or do the thing he was supposed to do. Kind of the initial pitch was that he was a he has the the attitude and and the the style of a Miami Vice cop, but none of the ability, and he doesn't care that he doesn't have the ability. That's not what it's about. It's yep. about flashing your blazer and uh, or flashing your badge out of your blazer, hanging and with chicks. Sex with yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And the actual stuff you gotta do, yeah. I don't know, that's secondary. And this amazing <laughs> confident stupidity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I have, I have a question for you as a creator, uh, you know, both of you guys. So, so when you have an idea like this, how do you how do you know how far to push it, right? When when you're kind of you're walking that line of of whether you want to call it parody or you know you're approaching uh, like this 
ground or this gray area of like what's too fa- like what's too far like what's too cheesy but but you want to be big about it at the same time it, you know what i mean like there's a very small pocket where you can fit in well, there okay. uh, to me yeah. to me it's like there's there is just like a there's so many things especially being in like a comedy writer room or whatever you just kind of know like oh right that there's sometimes you can't explain why like that's too dumb in the right area or that is right you just kind of have like a symbiosis happening sometimes where you're like oh i know what he's going even like because this wasn't my concept but when it was easy to me like oh i you know i get it's dumb and, ha- and it's purposely dumb and you just you just kind of feel it i think a lot because sometimes there's other parameters like it might be within the scene how it's delivered or a way to take pressure off of it or or, or whatever it's fumbling it's so hard to explain it because you kind of like most of it isn't really ex- what are the laws or what are the rules once you start to make hard fast rules or mm-hmm. the more you explain it like i don't even now i'm like what the fuck am i saying <laughs> yeah, who gives yeah. a fuck but, <laughs> right. but you, we do know like we need a name that's dumb okay and then you sit around and but like, is it too dumb yeah, yeah. Is it, and you'll just when yeah. you get one you just kind of all know that's it or or whatever uh, a premise yeah. or just something like it well, we assembled a little tonight i mean the the directors and the uh, and, and the other writers uh uh it was it was the the two of us and uh, uh, andrew weinberg who did uh created eagle heart for adult swim and uh it's got ryan perez who i worked with a lot at the funny or die and, mm-hmm. and i think it was a it was a very shared sensibility yeah you, of, you know the archetype is kind of smart guys that are underachieving that don't do anything really morally good but are smart but you know but you know kind of like are like make fun of shit but you know at that point it's you know there's just like a, we all have a similarity of that like well, and i think real smart like, but didn't really try hard in school didn't really do anything big but smart enough to like know shit and make fun of stuff right i think my favorite sort same of genre of comedy is like <laughs> like D- dumb, absurd comedy done by smart people and uh, done in a in a in a in a smart analytical way, and that that's at least uh, that's to some extent what what this was what this was trying to be. And also, like I think it's moved away from this. It doesn't exactly feel like a like a Naked Gun kind of thing. But I, I love Naked Gun. And I love Airplane, and I and I hate that that did we grow um, up together? What's the deal here? <laughs> yeah, we must. Yeah, wait. Do those those we weren't my favorite movies? Go yeah, yeah. Uh, at Antron, uh, we split apart across the country at some point. And sure. Don't remember each other at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but I think like uh, I, I love that stuff, and I hate that it got that that genre of, oh, it of just like, got big ruined. silly yeah. comedy got kind of tied up in like stupid, gross out, cheap, bad that mm-hmm. sort of blank movie style of parody. Uh, uh, you, you know what I mean? And, and uh, so I, I've definitely I've been wanting and and kind of all my sketches and everything like leading up to this point, I've been trying to like wrestle stupid comedy back uh to the side of good and away from uh you know where, the, where do you the, think it died for you like what you know because you get the naked guns right you get all yeah, three of those uh-huh. then like that's when it starts getting like like mafia came out right yeah that's and kind then, of a bad decay and then that, uh, uh what's the other wrong wait third? was wrongfully i can't even wrongfully remember which one was the real movie or which was the oh, fake right. movie is wrongfully accused the real movie or the fake one i think so although there's one great line from that movie where he says um uh there's so great you can't remember yeah yeah no, no. <laughs> i, well, I want to get it right that's why it's a this plot's got more twists and turns than chubby checker in a blender i think i think that's what it was <laughs> Boy, well, yeah, yeah. Everyone has their own weakness for certain lines. Sure, that may or may not be great. Okay, right. <laughs> it's fine. So, no, I, in case you're wondering, hey, what I the, watch professional wrestling. So, so yeah, that's you know, yeah, there you we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, no, you like, know what it like is. Like you know, when I was 12, I liked that 
lie. Sure. Right? Yeah. Well, there's also that period like that's just imprinted on you because you were, you know, uh, of that a- age. I get that a lot because I'm older and it's like, hey, I was an adult in the 80s. So there's certain things that like, oh, and I love the misinterpretation of right. stuff. But right. sometimes it's like that doesn't work as much for me because I lived it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> sure, but sure. but then I like, oh, I love that misinterpretation. So oh, it's, it's, it's also been an odd remembering thing. something being so great. And it's not when you go back and watch it. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually, and then, all the time. Or and often when you're imprinted something as a youth, like, well, that that just fits in a magical place for you. You yeah. can't be objective about it. Yeah, yeah. You sure. Know? So so where did it end for you? Like, oh, where, where Clara, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't say I have all those like uh, disaster movie, epic movies like memorized or anything. Yeah. I, I've really, but there's a scene in one of them where the all the it's the the pirates of the Caribbean all do a rap oh, and it's a parody yeah. of Lazy Sunday. And the parody oh, yeah. is Lazy Pirate Day. Lazy Pirate Day, get my gold doubloons. Like, and then it references sort of like Kim Kardashian in the middle or like who wants to be a millionaire. And I'm like, we're watching a parody. This is a parody movie that is parodying Lazy yeah. Sunday, which, <laughs> is, you know, which is already parody a rap. I think that sort of nexus swirl is like, boy, we gotta we got to save stupid comedy. Sure. Gotta, yeah. Well, let's call it right. I mean, it's not that I'm always of the opinion. It's not like the culture change or it ran out it's like mm. you know the bean counters go like okay you made that thing it's popular get out of the way milk it milk it more <laughs> higher go production so the fucking poor slobs making it sometimes are like, yeah. what the, you know that's what happens mm-hmm. it's not like suddenly we've become ignorant and it's always like that it's like there's people out there that could have done it but like nope although in a weird but there's always for some reason, Hot Shots Part Two still gotten. See, I have a weakness. You liked it? Okay. I have a weakness for it. I like Hot Shots Part Two. Oh, there you go. War. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. See, those, yeah. those are ingrained in my yeah. brain forever. Yeah, for yeah, some reason, that one, like, you know. But I don't think that was considered, like, full on horse shit. I don't know if it was no, or not. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. Maybe that was the end of the rope that was getting right to the end there. Yeah, it's yeah. starting. Hot Shots Part Two. Yeah. Oh, no. All right, so. You never know. Maybe in, like, Sometimes these movies will fit, and maybe in thirty years, some weirdos will look, be looking back and like, because you know how you like movie like Plan Nine from Outer Space mm-hmm. or something like, well, that that never looked at anything, but like it took so many decades. We're like, oh, it fit in this weird pocket of like, isn't it absurd all the way through? So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So speaking of WW, I, I guess F. I still call it F. I don't yeah. think that's ever going to change for me either. Well, and I, 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 and I, I know it's been the E WWE. for a while, right? It doesn't make sense to me. I never yeah. liked it because it's. It's the world. It used to be a federation, the sure. WWF, the World Wrestling Federation. federation. Then it's like now it's the WW, the World Wrestling Entertainment. Entertainment, <laughs> what? Yeah, there's It's an it, incomplete it's a weird, sense. Yeah, it's because it's not. They hate wrestling now, but they're wrestlers. It's weird, so they don't even want it. You know. So what was your involvement with that? Were you a writer? Were you a well? What, what did you do at the time? I guess the, the title. They, they, it sucks now because there's titles writers at the time i took over for this guy named vince russo and there wasn't really a title but it was like okay. a, a de facto booker okay you come up with the matches produce yeah. stuff you know and, and at that at that time you know there was like such a vacuum it really was like me vince and shane and that was like writing all the shows we used to write the sunday night heat in five minutes and then there was like michael sunday hayes night was an heat. agent yeah we, we'd see Old what was school. with everything else and me yeah. and michael hayes would write it in a yellow pad and five well, who's left Okay, fine, here's the match. It was incredible. <laughs> and the ratings were through the roof. And then the sure. guy named Brian Gwertz came in. And now, and now it's like revolving doors. Mm-hmm. Two staffs are too big. And it's, yeah, they're always – look, it's funny. Uh, you always see – uh, job opportunities for writing in t- at t- yeah. WWE. It's like always a thing. Like, yeah. 
Uh, and I feel bad for whoever takes it because they're just going to be out of there in oh, a there, second. Oh, there's you a know? guy, uh, yeah, Chet at, at Titmouse. I swear, he's like, hey, if, if I had a dime for every person, are you, can I talk to you about, like, oh, what, are you going to get a job at WDB? Yeah. Here, I'll tell you, you know. <laughs> yeah, Chet, me. the guy at Titmouse, was like, so, yeah, I'm going to go do it. I'm like, yeah, you got to go do it. It's a lot different now, but, you know, I'll see you back here in about three months. <laughs> right. I swear to God, I think it was, like, exactly three months. It was like, you know. So, I heard a story of a guy like just leaving in Houston. I'm just I'll get my own ticket and just fly home, you know. And, wow! <laughs> you know, wow! Like, so, um, what did you take from that experience? Like, what was the match of matches for you that you put together that uh, was special to you? The the best thing that was uh, 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 special, I'd say. Well, I liked setting up. Um, well, the thing is, it, it's such a collaborative thing. Mm -hmm. I hate to put, but. Um, I came up with the Crash Holly uh, hardcore title could be defended 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to have is a referee. And we'd go, he'd be in his hotel room, and you could go in. If you had a referee with you, you could pin him anywhere. So then that, that led While to... While he's sleeping. Uh, oh, yeah, that led to like people leaving, winning a match, and then someone else attacking him, and then people in the hallway. And other, it just you know it, it just grew. That was so fun. Uh, God, rest, in, rest his soul, Crash Holly, he, he was great. Yeah. Um, uh, There's a couple uh, wrestlers over at the con, by the way. I saw Honky Tonk Man today. Oh, Jesus. And, Honky Tonk uh, Man. One of the Bushwhackers. Oh, is, uh, Bushwhackers. Yeah. Incredible. Honky Can't Tonk remember which Man one. Does, he doesn't get a thumbs up from everyone. Let's put it mm. that way. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 there was that. The, the, the Boss Man Big Show rivalry where the Boss Man tortured the Big Show and, and actually went to his funeral. Uh, uh, of the Big Show's father and dragged the casket away and the Big Show jumped on it. So good. Oh, here's a good story. I'll tell you, this will be good. So we did that bit, right? Okay. And so the next week, and we went to an actual graveyard in Connecticut and filmed this thing, you know, and we, we got the old Blues Brothers car with the big horn and the boss man drove in while the Big Show was at his father's funeral and he's like, ah, my dad died when? And there's a big fight and he knocked him and he chained up the casket and dra dragged it away. Because I, I suggested that and Vince McMahon said like, and he looked at me I don't know if he was pissed, and he just said, "That's got to be done." <laughs> just, just did it, you know. So we started doing it. So then, the next week, there's this like ca new cameraman. Like next couple weeks, and doing something with Vince and uh, setting up a thing. And this cameraman goes like, "Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I just uh, did that uh, shoot in Connecticut at that graveyard." And I'm like, oh, and he's kind of interjecting into the conversation, like, "What? Who is this guy?" Because it's so hairy, you don't have time to like fuck around. And the guy's going, "Yeah." That was uh, was funny because um, that was my dad's buried there, and we're starting to like, is he getting angry about it or something? And then he goes, yeah, it's really weird because actually, we, you know, some of the crew stuff was like literally like standing on my dad's grave, and then like oh, Vince had his no. reading glasses, and he looks at me, and we're kind of like, well, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> this guy's gonna like pull out a gun? What's the deal? It was just this weird moment in time, and then the guy just goes. Hate loved it. It was a huge wrestling fan. Nice. <laughs> so we're like, all right. And then I thought that guy was going to like, <laughs> you know, he's like feeling his oats, like standing on my dad's grave, filming a wrestling bit, huh? Sorry. But uh, so uh, I could go on forever. It's, we'll just have to you go out. You practice that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Nothing really going to get Vince going with Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the way he did it, too, with the camera, you know. By the way, what the fuck? Why is this? <laughs> well, my father's grave. Oh, boy. But so uh, many more, many more matches of the Attitude Era. That's gr the Attitude Era. Yes. Is that what it was called? It's what it's called now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's all on demand too, yeah. right? It's a, oh, there's podcasts all about the attitude. Era. I, people invite me on podcasts and talk about these specific things, and like I don't remember that, and like like how do you not? You wrote it. Yeah, it's just like, but it's such breakneck speed. Yeah, you know, you're in four cities a week, and it's just. You know, it was just. Yeah, how do you remember anything? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being a challenge. Definitely. All right. Uh, back to Moonbeam City here, Comedy yeah. Central. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't checked out the show, you got to watch it. And uh, uh, what do you, what can we expect here in the future, I guess? Uh, obviously, possible album. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys feel like you found, like, like is, has was the voice already slated like from day one or do you feel like now that uh, episodes are out of the bag and and things are developing and you guys have been working together that that anything's going to change or you could see things being less or more in in any facets with the show um i don't know I and mean, we we've uh, uh we, we've been writing scripts just in case we uh we we get we get the season two and yeah. uh, uh and uh and, and those have been fun it's been it's been fun knowing how the show works now there's mm-hmm. just yeah there's so many odds and ends there's things that we know not there's things that we know not to do like there's things that are like oh that seems like that kind of long-winded exposition-y thing that we're just yeah. going to toss out in one of those animatic sessions. Is, is or this that. worth it or that? But uh, Yeah, and we know, the, we know the characters so much better. I mean, yeah, we, we don't have... I can't say we have any, like, you know, massive plans in terms of, like, th- this guy has this job now, and they they don't work in the station anymore. They work over here. It's 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 definitely more just like, yeah, we, we just love to, to do it again and do it better. Yeah, I know it's a boring and, uh, answer. It's more about, like, wow, the efficiency of, you know, not, you know, going down blind alleys of, uh, of what not to do and... And the, the great thing for me that's been so fun, which I think is a good sign, is we, we kind of just think about the characters. We don't really, like, you know, we, we, I guess the, what's the shitty word? Organic. But, you know, you don't really think about, like, arcs or things, you know, in right. that sense. We just, in fact, when we lay out some shows, we'll just be, like, almost, like, getting ready to leave. And, like, oh, what if, and we'll just lay out a show for half hour because we're stupidly excited. Like, what if there was a nude part of town? Yeah, and that's what, I know it's, like, a bad part of town, but they don't wear clothes. So we just... We just spin and have fun and riff, and we talk about the characters. And then, and as we problem solve, it's like, well, now we're at the point which is great. It's like, well, how would that character? If the character's established, we we solve our problems that way. Like, well, what would? How would this work out? So it's become that's fun. So I just think moving on towards that with like just weirder, bigger, different stories. We don't, you know, think of any, you know, that all just comes out of of just the storytelling i guess you know we've just loved like it's just just seeing the seeing the four characters uh, interact has become really fun for us yeah. and like uh you know like we, we we were writing one that uh that where dazzle was sort of off on a solo adventure and and it and the, the third act was kind of a disaster and we just started realizing like we just got to get them all back together again yeah. it just they and that's kind of what a sort of what any show is is kind of like you know, uh, reasons for the characters to fracture, and then they realize they all have to come back together, and that's how it works. Get it back to normalcy, yeah. and uh, and it's uh, and now you're getting to the point like, well, how, what like, well, she does have feelings for Dazzle because they, you know, things we won't reveal. So it's like, well, what would her <laughs> attitude be? Oh, she'd be like this and like that. Oh, so that's how it interacts. They're all becoming yeah. just more f- full of characters to us and less sort of one-note stereotypes, which characters can't help but be at the pilot stage because sure, you sure. think maybe you won't make another one. You think, like, that's okay for, you know, for, for uh, I, th- I think particularly Pizzazz, like, initially is sort of this sort of breathy, mean seductress. And who and it's been fun, like, 
writing her as as a human being more so, especially because we have such a great uh, the actress and Elizabeth Banks playing her, so we can you know. Yeah, she's pretty phenomenal, um, man. She's, she's great. She's wonderful, and so yeah. So and she's cool a big nerd too, man. She knows a lot about everything, <laughs> Is that like right? science. Yeah, talk to her about oh, just science. That's interesting. Just say, hey, you want to talk about science? She'd be like. Do I want to talk about science? And then she'll, uh, she'll She's talk. She's just always a hurry to get out of there when we're like, <laughs> the, the busiest person yeah. on the line's bed. done. See you, boys. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> All this whole cast is like yeah. the are like the busiest people. Even since obviously we got we started we recorded the pilot in 2013, and all four of these names were huge names in 2013. Uh, right. And since then, they are all massive. Like as yeah, you're like, speak, oh, there's Last another Man on Earth is on. The Grinder is yeah. on. Uh, Elizabeth Banks made one of the biggest movies uh, in, the, in the country this summer. Kate Mara's in The Martian. Like mm. it, like it's it's crazy what they've all. Yeah. It's really, you know, good for them for all uh, helping get their names out there. It really helps us here yeah. on Movie <laughs> City. <laughs> no, it's, it's really just, nice of them to keep being the biggest fact, stars uh, in the yeah, world. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks only like really live worked with her live twice. I think so. Yeah, she twice. was. We yeah, recorded with all... her quick sessions. She and she was in uh, Baton Rouge uh, filming Pitch Perfect Two, oh, okay. and Kate Mara was in Baton Rouge filming Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. So we were grabbing time. Big with swampy them. green screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we did. Uh, yeah, Peter Serafinowitz in London, and yeah. Kevin McDonald in Winnipeg. Uh, uh, so yeah, we had international uh, international records. Yeah. So uh, so hopefully Trace Atkins in Nashville. Okay. And it, hopefully season two comes to fruition, and uh, and then yeah. those people remember who you are, because they're going to be like, yeah. wait, I recorded what for what? When was that? Yeah. Someone will have to whisper the <laughs> phrase Moomium City into their ear, but uh, uh, <laughs> once the, the, but they, they, they'll you know, lock right in after that. That's the, the fun of animation, because they don't you know work like that much sometimes, but then they see like, oh, you've created little alter egos of me yeah. running around and doing, so they're really appreciative, and they like it, and you know, I think like Rob Lowe's like really into it, and it's you know, like, oh, wow, you know, once oh, every you, they time see we it, come like, in, like what am I doing today? Yeah. Oh, you're having sex with a an automated prison. Like you're at your your. <laughs> You're fucking the prison itself. Uh, like, guys, boys, you did it again. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really just so <laughs> amped every single time. Yeah. Uh, that's and that's great. one thing also, like, even though, you know, we say, like, oh, yeah, Elizabeth Banks, we just recorded with Quickly or in between this and this. But they all just they're all it. They're all great. And, yeah. and they all, yeah, nobody's, there's no, like, this is just animation. I can half-ass this. Like, they're, everybody's just, these. it's a cast of really good actors that I think it shows. I, th- I think they're all, they're, they're all so fantastic. Or uh, and, like, John O'Hurley, which is the most hilarious. <laughs> hilarious voiceover guy to you know just like like this like and you're almost like can well we'll ask for a second one that's a little faster just just in case you know because you feel weird to just have one (laughs) but he just nails stuff so preposterous there was one he he says a lot of like stupid puns in his in his in his dialogue and we we were sort of stepping around like can you sort of really hit that one word and really kind of show how cheesy it is and maybe take a second with it we had some big fumbly direction and and then he just said so you want me to chew on it Whoa! Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> wow! It's that Christmas. one word said yeah. everything that our three sentences of rambling could not. Yeah. By <laughs> by the time you were saying "uh," he had already known what you wanted and was looking at you like, well, "I'll wait for him to Spin fumble around for a bit." I don't. Like I don't want to cut something. him off yet because before I I know what he's thinking. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for the time. Congratulations Absolutely. on the show. Have fun at the con. Thank you guys you so have, a, as of this recording, you guys have your panel to do, right? So, yeah, indeed. Yep. And debuting the episode CopCon, which will be on uh, on the air in a, in a couple weeks. It's one of our favorite ones. Nice. Convention themed. And yep. it's, it's like two musical numbers. It's a lot of fun. 
All right. Yeah. I'm hoping a, a real live action dance club, too, that we're going to be able to go into someday. Right. If we got to activate this. The yeah. dream is to spin this <laughs> off into a literal location. a la bubble gums. <laughs> Uh, nah. uh, look, watch it, looking it's at a Bubba decent Gump's, franchise, uh, yeah, yeah, they're all right. Yeah, yeah, doing you okay. Know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, guys, great to meet you both, man. Yeah, yeah cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Likewise. All right, that was Scott and Tommy from Moonbeam City. I hope you guys learned something. I learned it. Mark's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Mark lives. Mark lives. <laughs> so yeah, so that'll uh, that'll bring it to the the close of the Laugh Button podcast this week. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Intern Will for for sitting in on this, and Bram from yes. our Bram Titleman, editor in chief of our sister site MetalInsider.net. MetalInsider.net, go there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bram, how can people find you on the socials? Uh, you can find us at Metal Insider on Facebook. Okay. At Metal Insider on Instagram. And at Metal Insider on Twitter. So pretty much anywhere you can type Metal Insider into yeah, uh, into, into a, a browser. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 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 no problem. And then uh, the, you want you want to give out your personal information? See if you get the old laugh button podcast bump. Oh yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bram Filter. That's where I throw out uh, shitty one-liners. And <laughs> that's where everyone throws out shitty one-liners. <laughs> Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. Yeah, man. That's the whole point of Twitter. <laughs> and Bram Fatamine on Instagram. Right. It's like Amphetamine, but with a BR. In see, front I, of what you, I see what you did there. What about yep, you, yep. Will? You on any of the socials? You want, you want I am on the socials. Check me out. Oh, it's yeah. Will Ladies. Fortune. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is single, I think. <laughs> I am single. Uh, I'm Will Fortune for that intern. Bump. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think of Will of Fortune? That would have been good, I thought. Yeah, you know, that's a good, yeah, it's a missed opportunity, buddy. You know, um, everyone has told me that since I was like five years old. Yeah. So, mm. all right. Well, for Bram Titleman, Metal Insider, and Will from the Laugh Button, intern read, Will, read Will on the LaughButton.com. Uh, I am Matt Kleintwit. Follow me on I am Kleintwit. Follow us anywhere you can put at the LaughButton.com in the browser. And uh, until next time, see you later. Bye. <laughs>